It's February 3rd, 2021. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, uh, we'll have Shanoa Farnsworth from Blue Startups, and she is here to tell us about the upcoming East Meets West conference. And then we'll be joined by Mary Wenstrom from the Hawaii Tech Academy, Ed Sniffen from the Department of Transportation, and Ian Kitajima from Oceanet. And we'll talk about getting students hands-on experience with artificial intelligence project called Kilo. And of course, right now, I want to welcome uh, Shanoa Fonsworth. She's the managing partner over at Blue Startups. And she's here to tell us about the upcoming annual conference, East Meets West. And I want to welcome you to the, uh, welcome you to the show, Shanoa. Thanks for having me, Bert. So, you know, the years keep marching on and, you know, every year I'm, I'm expecting to see, you know, like the blue startup cohort and then the, the East meets West. And, and sure enough, you know, it's uh, the start of 2021 and East meets West is rolling, uh, rolling along. So what's, uh, what's in store for us uh, coming up for this next East meets West? Well, of course, it will be a virtual version of East. East meets West this time around. That that's a first for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my initial instinct was to cancel the event, uh, but a lot of folks in the community said, uh, "Please don't cancel it. Let's just do it online." So, uh, I, you know, it was really great to get that kind of uh, enthusiasm, encouragement from our community to to keep it going. So, we are going to do it uh, online and. Um, it's going to be over a three-day period, trying to keep our, our kind of Zoom fatigue down to a minimum. <laughs> yeah, We're right. We're going to be only, only doing the event two hours a day over a three-day period. So, you know, hopefully to keep people's uh, attention span and bandwidth, uh, you know, kind of on, on track uh, throughout the event. And, um, you know, it's mostly about reconnecting this community that's built up over the years. Mm-hmm. I think our seventh year putting on this event. So it has taken on a life of its own, and people really look forward to seeing each other every year at this event time and time again. So they really, they'll be seeing each other online this time around. So you, you assemble a, a really good array of, of participants. And of course, the last one was, was uh, live here in, in Hawaii. And, and this one, is obviously uh, virtual, but you're you're bringing people in from um, or participating from the West Coast or the continent, as well as uh, in Asia, and so that's obviously the the East meets West piece, and they're they're all pretty much uh, willing to spend the time doing uh, doing the uh, the virtual version. Yeah, I mean, normally when we invite people to come out to Hawaii uh, for East meets West, it's not a hard ask, right? To to come to Hawaii for an event. Um, and uh, this year, while it's different, I think, you know, people are so supportive of the event and interested in what's happening in Hawaii. They still want to participate, even though it's online. And, of course, in many ways, it does make it easier for people to participate, although not quite as much fun. But <laughs> yeah. this year, you know, we decided to kind of make it a reunion of sorts. And um, so we have invited all of our past speakers to participate and um almost all you know the majority of them are going to be coming back and participating and what we're doing uh with them is just having all of them host roundtable discussions again we really wanted to keep it interactive 
and not so much a kind of one-way street like a lot of online conferences become, you know, people talking at you, and it's, it's really not that engaging. It's not mm-hmm. that interesting. Any so, any any uh, um, day, any yeah. VIPs you want to recognize are going to be part of this uh, East meets West? I mean, we're going to have, like I said, a lot of our previous speakers are coming back to be a part of this. So it's such a very long list, and they're all amazing. I would have to give a shout-out to my, my co-conspirator here, Casey Lau, who uh, has also been involved in this event from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was previously based in Hong Kong. He's working out of Vancouver now. But, you know, he's really the East in this, in this East meets West programming. Um, and brings in all of our friends from Asia to participate. So, you know, we'll have a um, bunch of folks from his community and our community here in Hawaii, and then, of course, uh, U.S. mainland as well um, participating. So each of our speakers will have chosen a topic, and they'll be hosting a roundtable with only eight participants at each, at each virtual table. So it'll be highly interactive. You'll really get to know some of the other people participating that way. Yeah, no, that's great. So this is going to take place on February 24th, 25th, and 26th. And if people are interested in, in signing up for this, where where would they go? Again, it's bluestartups.com or uh, eastmeetswest.co. And uh, the uh, tickets are on Eventbrite. All of our ticket sales um, proceeds will go to the Hawaii Food Bank. Um, it's a donation-based. Uh, ticket, so you can get a ticket for as little as a dollar, or uh, you can donate as much as you want. We've had people donate up to two hundred and fifty dollars, um, which is very nice to see that kind of generosity in our community. Um, but yeah, one hundred percent of the ticket sales will go to the food bank to support those in uh, the most need in our community right now. And Shanoa, if you were to describe the the person that would most benefit from uh, the East meets West conference, uh, who would that who would that uh, profile look like? I would say primarily um, entrepreneurs of all stripes and, and uh, types. We will be talking about technology, of course, but we do talk about all kinds of different um, topics from you know innovation, uh, e-commerce, um, branded products, uh, investing, so investors as well. This is a big appeal to investors in the market different trends in investing, how to get invested in, things like that. We will also be having pitch of VC tables. So certain venture capitalists will be hosting tables where you can come sit down there and uh, give them your pitch for your business. I know there's been a lot of interest in that. Okay. Well, uh, that sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll put the I'll put the links up on our show notes for uh, later on tonight. And of course, uh, thanks, Shanoa, always for joining us. Thanks for having me, Bert. And, of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Mary Wenstrom, Ed Sniffin, and, and Ian Kitajima. We'll talk about Aloha AI and a project called Kilo. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, locations, and Honolulu Waldorf School. 
Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. Now, of course, I'm glad to welcome Mary Wenstrom. She's the Director of Partnerships and Innovation, Innovative Learning over at the Hawaii Technology Academy. Ed Sniffin, Deputy Director over at the Department of Transportation, and Ian Kitajima, Tech Sherpa over at Oceanet. And, of course, uh, we're here to talk about the Kilo program. I want to welcome you all to Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you so much for having us, now, you know, I'll start with the tech Sherpa because uh, he's the guy that told me all about Kilo and, and wanted to, and he's the ideation guy. So he's the guy, you know, who's, who's coming up with these ideas. And, and so, Ian, kind of tell me what, the, what, what uh, gave you this, this uh, spark of inspiration. What was it that you were trying to achieve here? Well, you know, I, thanks, Bert. I, I, you know, we've been doing so much work around design thinking and computer science and artificial intelligence. I, and, you know, the thing was, uh, how do we bring all of these things together? And, and I kind of give the code name Kilo, which means observation in Hawaiian. And, you know, that's kind of how we, it was really trying to pull all of these three, what I think of as superpower skills and experiences. Like, how do we pull these things together and do something really positive for education in Hawaii? And that's when, you know, uh, Mary popped onto my radar. You know, we're hosting a, an Aloha AI kind of workshop, and Mary came forward. And said, you know, I, I want to bring artificial intelligence to my students, and Ed Sniffen was at, a, at another artificial intelligence event, and Ed was like, yeah, I want to bring artificial intelligence to department, you know, transportation highways. We want to bring innovation to highways, but you also talked about students, and so he he was like, I really want to have students become involved in the work we're doing, and so. When, when, we, when I thought of all of those things, I thought, well, wow, this is, like, really unique, right? How do we – because the challenge has always been how do we bring – how do we align the goals of education and business in the short term? In the long term, we have the same kind of connection, but in the short term, it's really hard because, you know, to get my engineers and scientists to just work on pro bono projects is very, very difficult. So the ability to actually have real-world projects where – a visionary like Ed Sniffen says, hey, I want you to have students as part of this project, which allows us then to incorporate them in was, was like a great opportunity and with Mary and her students and HTA's kind of model of hybrid education. It just kind of all came together. And so, you know, so thanks for inviting us to come on the show and talk about what we're doing. Well, so Ian, you know, I've, I've been a part of uh, some of the presentations that you've done, Aloha AI. Uh, you know, we've had students uh, come in, and one of the examples that I, I wanted to draw upon was, uh, you know, teaching the computer how to recognize, let's say, Aloha shirts. But to your point that you you just brought up, it's it's really uh, great to find like a real world problem that now people can actually start to apply these tools and help perhaps solve. So, so Ed, I, I wanted to ask you. I mean, was there? Uh, what kind of an application did, did the Department of Transportation sort of e- immediately recognize that this, this technology could help to, uh, you know, sort of help inform perhaps decisions uh, that you might be able to make? I think for us at, at DOT, we didn't want to um, suppose or presuppose what could be done. Um, then we would be pushing our own bias on, on the technologies that could come up. What we wanted to do was make sure that we provided the opportunities for us to get more insight into different ways of doing things um, and for the kids to get real-world experiences through our DOT projects. Of course, with the funding that we have uh, and projects that we have in different corridors. 
we started this off with Nanakuli and Waina High School, but we had to pivot because of COVID. Um, HT was the perfect opportunity with our, for us, and with Ian, of course, to make sure we pivoted to a, an online platform that everybody was comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So when we start working with the students, we don't tell them what we, wanted, what we want them to do. We, sh- we let them know what the problem is from an infrastructure perspective, let them know what our value sets are, and let them run with it. I mean, they're tremendous students. Tremendous opportunities for us to get these different insights from community members who are not biased by our opinion. Super important. Um, for us, AI is going to be really important as we go into our connected and autonomous vehicle age. Um, getting our system um, more high-tech to ensure that we're ready for the future is really important. But getting the future ready for the future is also important as well. So the project for us is not just infrastructure improvement, but it's the case. So, so Ed, when you say problem set, so what, what was the problem set that you presented to the kids to have them start thinking about how they could perhaps uh, solve that problem? Yeah, so this is a really good one. In, um, right now we have in Nakuli, there's an area where we had three fatalities in the, in the last six weeks of last year. Mm-hmm. We know we needed to do something very, very quickly. And the fatalities were vehicles hitting pedestrians. We put out race pedestrian crosswalk immediately, within two months. Uh, but in, to ensure that we had justifications that we had data to show the community on what the improvements would be, we asked OceanNet um, and through uh, some partnership with to take data um, read before we put in, put in the race pedestrian crosswalk and after. He, um, Ian sent out videos to make sure that um, they could collect data. And he's working with the students develop an AI platform or a model to give us all the pieces of information that feed back to us what, what's important to us. Now, all I told the students was, I need to know what the speed was before and after we put in the, the race pedestrian cross. Mm-hmm. The students started asking the question, so what are, you, what are you putting it for? Definitely, for me, success is no fatalities. So they took that as, we'll give you the information on the speed. We'll give you the information on which vehicles are speeding. Is it city vehicles? Is it state vehicles? Is it, is it PVT vehicles? Is it regular, normal um, passenger vehicles? We'll even let you know um, what, uh, what different uh, parameters we have on, on pedestrians when they're walking in the light. Because we believe it's more of a social thing, a social re-engineering that's necessary, and not just an infrastructure thing. They took that, and they found a new problem statement for them to use this AI platform to help us achieve that success that we're looking for. Oh, okay, okay. Now that's that's really great. So now, Mary, you know, uh, from the from the teacher student standpoint, and what Ed is describing, I mean, this is a great sort of process, and I think it incorporates some of the design thinking and and having kids come up with, uh, you know, their own interpretation of of perhaps uh, solving the problem. Maybe could you describe, you know, some of the the things that the the kids were kind of going through to to better understand what was it that the uh, the problem that they were trying to solve and and how they took the technology and applied it. Yeah, so I think, you know, just to take a couple steps back, the, the one thing why I think education should be so much involved with these community partners and amazing companies like Oceanit and experts like Ian and the Department of Transportation and the amazing Ed Sniffen is, you know, we, we preach that we want kids to do project-based learning or like the real world and authentic. But when you have it in a bubble in a classroom, it's really hard to really um, say like this is the future. And when we're trying to prepare kids for the future, I, I always use this, this 
stat is in 2012, we knew that the data was showing the kids are going to have those high school graduates that year, Bert, they're going to have eight different careers, not jobs, but careers in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. So how do we in education really prepare kids for a future that's going to change so much for them and jobs that are going to change throughout their lifetime? So we really wanted to build um, kind of four different areas. Is one, the technical skills for the students. Uh, Second is the employability skills. And by employability, we have at HTA, we call them our HTA cores. And that's like communication, collaboration, creativity, critical thinking, and their character. And those type of skills, it doesn't matter if you're in business, it doesn't matter if you're in in medicine or if you're in the Department of Transportation, communication is going to be important. But we um, also, and this is where Ocean, it's been so crucial to this partnership, is they use the design thinking method in the process. And it's one thing to say to kids, hey, you need to build your organizational skills, but to actually take them through that process of how they can organize, how they can bring their ideas to fruition is so, so crucial. And then um, we also just want the kids to know, like if, for example, with, with Ed Sniffen, you know, Department of Transportation, there's so many different jobs and so many different areas that are in that, that under that umbrella of Department of Transportation. So if a kid wants to be an engineer for the Department of Transportation, what would they have to do in order to, to get to be an engineer? Um, what, what, you know, higher level math skills or science skills and what majors would you have to take into college? So really building those, those pathways for the kids. Um, but most importantly as well is like what you're saying, Bert, you know, what technical skills. So the kids have learned through this, this internship with Oceanet with the Department of Transportation. They've learned how to build AI sensors. They've learned about AI. I have to be honest, I had no idea what AI really was or how it worked. And so I'm there as that guide on the side and just being there to, to support the students and leaving it to the experts like Ian, like Ed, to really take the students through the processes and building those, those skills. Um, they've learned how to do data analytics. They've learned how to take the data that they have and to create a story. Um, and then most important is, like, for example, Jimmy Harris at Oceanet, he says to the kids, you know, and, and Ian says as well, why does this matter? And um, Jimmy said the other day to kids, you know, what do you want to be true? And so the kids ask questions then of, of Ed, like, what do you want to be true, Ed? You know, what's your goal? And when Ed says, I want zero fatalities um, on, on this road, the kids, it's now that's the challenge. Mm-hmm. And so what would they have to do in order to, to make that come true? So, pretty, so pretty awesome in real world. So, Mary, you know, I do want to talk, uh, I mean, get a better understanding of how this, the internship kind of works because, you know, Ian is, is very much a, a part of this. Ed is p- very much a part of that. These, these two guys are super busy. I mean, and, and you have the kids working on this internship and, and they need, you know, the, the mentoring and sort of the interaction. So I'll maybe have you describe a little bit about what that internship process uh, is, is like. Uh, especially when it's kind of like virtual. Uh, but we want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this uh, short break to continue our conversation with Mary Wenstrom from the Hawaii Technology Academy, Ed Sniffen, direct, Deputy Director over at the 
Department of Transportation, and Ian Kitajima over at Oceanet. And of course, we're talking about Kilo and Aloha AI. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Anchor Systems Hawaii. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And if you're just joining us, we're talking to Mary Wenstrom from uh, the Hawaii Technology Academy, Ed Sniffin from the Department of Transportation, and of course, Ian from Oceanet. And right before the break, uh, we were talking about the, the process upon which the, the kids are starting to really interact and, and develop uh, the understanding of AI and, and u- utilizing the tools and perhaps even coming up with, with solutions. And so maybe, Mary, how would you describe how the kids actually uh, go through this process and, and are the resources like, like Ed and Ian, I mean, are they like, uh, you know, available 24-7 or how do you manage, you know, the, the actual project and uh, accessing the available resources that might be out there? Yeah, that's, that's an awesome question, Bert. So, you know, me being the director of partnerships and innovative learning, I'm I've built up this work-based learning program for Hawaii Technology Academy, and how how we went about it was we do have already a blended learning model. So the kids have some days where they're face to face, some days where they're they're um, virtual, and then they used to have a day that was just purely independent. We've turned that independent day into really getting kids to do work-based learning. So one day a week, they can dedicate themselves to these various internships. And it's really hard, I've found over the years, to go to industry professionals and say, hey, can you give a, you know, your Saturdays up for an entire semester right. or your night, you know, one of the nights during the week? It's really hard, but it's a lot easier when you say, hey, Ian, all I need is 90 minutes from you a week. And, you know, Ed, I know you're super busy, but can you give us every once in a while 90 minutes that you could be in and the kids can ask you questions. So it's being mindful of their time, um, but also making sure that you do have some consistency for the kids because if it's just a a one-off, it's like going to a museum or going on a field trip, right? We don't want it to be that one-off. We want the kids to continuously be guided and be given feedback and such. So it one comes down to the scheduling of the experiences, um, that's so important. The other is being, I think, what we've done differently is we don't just say, hey, Ian, here's a bunch of kids, and here's a bunch of kids, now you, you work with them. It's, you know, from the school side, we're very much involved, and it's, you know, it's not just the Oceanet and the Department of Transportation. We have about 15 other uh, community partners uh, that are all around the, the islands that are working with our kids and leading and mentoring them um, and taking them through various projects. So I think ultimately at the heart of what we're trying to do is to, again, not have the students replace. So it's not like they go into a company and instead of if, you know, here's a, for example, the kids are working out at Hawaii's plantation village and the kids are working on revamping the website but they're working with the team alongside and doing parallel. They're not just completely doing it on their own. And I think sometimes from the industry side, it was more of like, hey, can we trust kids to do this all on their own? 
Well, it's yes, of course, because kids come up with amazing ideas, but they just need that facilitation and that guide mm-hmm. um, to bring it to fruition. Now, Ed, you know, in terms of uh, the Department of Transportation and seeing some of the output that the kids are, are producing, how do you see, uh, what, you know, the, the the value? How is it now contributing to perhaps how you uh, perhaps might incorporate some of this, uh, you know, into solutions that the, the DOT might use? Well, it's, it's tremendous. Um, from the first part of it, um, just getting kids involved gets more feedback from the community immediately. Um, nobody wants to listen to me. When, when we work with the, the kids in the community from whatever high schools are in that area, uh, we get a lot more feedback from the community, their parents and their, their extended communities, a lot more than, than we do with just us going out and talking to everybody. Mm-hmm. So that's the first real practical approach. Second, um, a lot of the, the solutions that are coming from the students um, are totally different than what we would normally consider in our normal operation, which is awesome because now we can reconsider how we look at things Reconsider what makes the most sense, given this new feedback coming in from different from different areas. So it's, it's giving us a lot more efficiencies in our operations. Um, third, last thing, we want to make sure that when we start pushing forward on things, we we can start leading. Um, and we cannot lead if we just if we just do everything we used to do or everything that other states are doing. Mm-hmm. So we need that new that new thought process, that, that, that new feedback from different areas to ensure that we can pick up on things, send out nationally to show that how we're leading. Leading is really important because with federal government, the leaders get the money. And our overall goal is to make sure we bring in more money for the state to improve the quality of life for everybody. Um, we love working with Mary. She, she, she sets things up so well for her students. She sets things up so well for Ian and I that we can just jump in and go through the conversations and these amazing things come up from her students. For us, we want to make sure we can, we can take this model and take it to other communities. Uh, we're working with Waipaho High School for um, their student internships coming in. We're going to go virtual. Working with Campbell to do the same thing. Um, and my, my my biggest thing to them is you got to see how Mary runs her classroom mm-hmm. because that's the way it should look every time we do this. And we, as we extend this to other portions of the state, in Keao, in, in, uh, in Hana, we're going to see these amazing opportunities for students True, which becomes amazing opportunities for us. That's you know, that's great. That's great. And then, Ian, you know, in terms of uh, what Ed was talking about, in terms of scaling and and taking it uh, beyond uh, the the current uh, pilot that's going on. I mean, how do you see this uh, successfully? You know, basically replicating what you folks have done uh, with Mary. And this, how do you do? You do you replicate Mary, or how does <laughs> how does that how does it happen across all these different uh, schools, communities, islands? Yeah, that's a good question. I think what what I've seen so far, it really requires like a visionary uh, team. Like you know, it requires like a visionary client and partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like it's Niffin to see the value of of what students can do uh, and the value they can bring, and then having you know visionary partner like like Mary, right? And and trusting us and trusting my her, you know. Tr- her trusting me and Ed that we would do a good job, that we would take care of the students, we'd create a safe environment so the students could really thrive and, and grow and learn and have really great experiences. Um, and I think what we're doing as Oceanet is something that actually can be replicated by other companies. You know, I think the main thing is finding leaning forward companies, companies that are doing creative things um, and actually can align with um, clients that are willing to incorporate 
uh, you know, students into their projects. And when that happens, I think uh, it's actually very replicable, it's very scalable, and if you have partners like these, uh, I think you can go so far. So, and, Ian, real quickly, yeah. I mean, where can people find out yeah. more about Kilo? Oh, so, yeah, you just go to the Oceanet website, go to Oceanet.com, and just type in Kilo, and it'll bring up a... Uh, an article, it's actually a presentation myself and Mary gave to the Department of Education. It has our briefing plus a, a video uh, of the actual presentation we oh. gave, uh, so you can learn more about it. Sounds good. Thanks. I'll put it up on our show notes for later on tonight. Mary Wenstrom is the Director of Partnerships and Innovative Learning over at the Hawaii Technology Academy. Ed Sniffen is the Deputy Director over at the Department of Transportation. And, of course, Ian Kitajima, Chief Tech Sherpa over at Oceanet. And I want to thank you all for joining us today. And, of course, thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week when we'll talk about a new program called CompuGirls. If you miss any part of this, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on BiteMarksCafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at BiteMarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at BiteMarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. You stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Bite Marks Cafe.